This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmakerplatform.com. You ever notice that famous writers, famous actors, they all seem to have the, uh, an FBI file? You know, that's weird. Over the weekend, while I was contemplating whether or not Ringo Starr should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist, well, he's in. So he's also going to be the last living Beatle. You know that. Ringo yeah, of course, of is course. leading a charmed life. Yeah. Not to denigrate him, but... The, le- the lessest beetle, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so somehow I ended up on John Lennon's Wikipedia page and was reading up on how Nixon tried to deport him and he had this yeah. FBI file forever and it wasn't until Clinton that they finally declassified it and it said nothing. Yeah, they got nothing on him. They had nothing on him. <laughs> yeah, I found a similar one for Charles Bukowski and then I took me down the rabbit trail of all anyway do you think you have an fbi file at this point um yeah but it has nothing to do with you know being famous <laughs> or like actual criminal activity I'm sure. right right well now we don't need them because the nsa just records everything anyway so exactly i don't even know why generation. we record these things they yeah, right. should let's just talk and hey guys could you send us that file for thursday <laughs> hey That's a good idea all right we're continuing to talk about online courses and how they can and do accelerate, uh, you're saying just about any business model. And let's start with a big fat number, which is 107 billion in sales related to online courses just this year. Yeah. So speaking of business models, you know, a lot of people I think would love to be in that business, the online course slash membership site business. And, you know, as we've discussed in the past, I mean, recent activity has pretty much legitimized this beyond any sort of accredited institution type thing. In fact, it's it's those institutions that are having the most trouble. I mean, they're outrageously expensive, uh, generally behind the times as far as cutting edge goes. So that's a whole different issue, but it's a staggering amount of number. I mean, uh, amount of money, $107 billion yeah. uh, related to the sale of online education in 2015 alone. Now, in 2007, when we launched Teaching Cells, which you know is basically uh, the intersection of instructional design and direct marketing, basically how to create online courses and sell them. Uh, the amount of time I had to spend persuading people that people would actually pay for online education is humorous now, but it was a different time. I was talking to bloggers, you know, everything is free. Everything's ad supported yep. and everything that we predicted back in 2007 has happened in spades. Um, it, it's a big deal. I mean, you see guys like Chris Brogan and David Seitman Garland, they're effectively orienting their entire careers around online courses at this point because it's a big deal, you know, and we talked about lynda.com last week. 1.5 billion alone there, right? Well, that was the acquisition by LinkedIn. But, you know, like I said, I think 
lynda.com is not uh, Harvard or even University of Phoenix. Yeah, you know, right. it is a commercial site that had the cutting edge in the technology topics and uh, design and coding and all that kind of stuff. There's no, you know, normal institution that could possibly compete with them. And the other interesting thing about lynda.com, even though Linda and her husband at the beginning did in fact create training content in the form of, you know, what was it? Technical textbooks and, and manuals and stuff like that. It wasn't until they adopted our favorite model, the Empresario model. Yeah. Let me that Linda.com took off. Let's talk about that for a minute because I think a lot of people are sitting here or might be sitting here thinking, yeah, okay, great numbers, big numbers. I see how this could work, but I'm not an expert in any of these things, which really was one of the major things addressed by teaching cells back again in 2007. What is the impresario model? And more importantly, what does it mean to somebody who may be thinking, man, I can't create a lynda.com? Well, yeah. I mean, lynda, you can actually, maybe not to that scale, yeah, but right. you don't, you know, you if you're trying to make a, a great living, um, you don't have to get that big, there are uh, a couple of uh, venture capital education sites that I've seen. I mean, education is the big thing. Effectively, commercial sites are going, in some you know respects, re replace other traditional institutions of learning because it's more effective, it's more cost of for, you know, it's more affordable, it's everything. But all of these sites are not the experts. What they are, are delivering the platform for experts. So again, you can do the same thing with your own Rainmaker site, if you will, uh, of, of aggregating the uh, talents and expertise of others. You're the one who knows how to do that stuff. They don't, but they know their stuff in whatever the subject matter is. And that's very simply, you know, the dean of Harvard is not teaching all the classes. So yeah, think about it that way. way to look at it. Yep. All right. So what about this idea? We're hearing a lot about the idea of online courses as content marketing, using online courses for lead generation. Very popular to talk about right now. But again, this is something that uh, uh, was addressed quite a while ago, in fact. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm very pleased to see that it's catching on with other people. I know I saw Derek Halpern talking about uh, online courses as lead gen. You know, Chris Brogan was sharing that some of his students were, uh, you know, they were all for creating a course, but they couldn't figure out how to build an email list to sell it. Well, the answer is the same. You know, it's uh, if you think about how a blog is viewed or a free ebook with an opt-in is viewed these days, it's not regarded uh, as valuable. And yet with the explosion in paid online education, free online courses are perceived as valuable. Now it goes right back to what we're talking about, about the logged in experience and all the benefits you get with marketing automation and whatnot at that point. But the reality is you're creating a valued experience as opposed to something people are like, yeah, this is kind of dicey or, you know, I'm going to download this ebook and then I'm going to unsubscribe. And then to top it all off, they never even read the ebook because it's just sitting somewhere on a hard drive. You know, the world has shifted in that way. So 
if the market values online education to the tune of $107 billion in 2015 alone, what do you think you should be using as an enticement to get people into your audience in the first place? Hmm. Now, I know you remember the first time we used an online course that way. Uh, that was in 2012. What was what was that course? Yeah, it was called, uh, you and I put it together, How to Profit from the Digital Revolution. And it's funny because in those days, we talked about specifically what you just mentioned, um, ebooks and apps and and kind of the uh, the idea of getting that opt-in and, and stepping it up with a course. So what we did... It was a free course, um, three parts to it, uh, basically introducing and expanding on the idea of selling digital products, selling products online. And that's all it was. It was three seminars that, that you and I did and packaged up, did a really nice landing page. But the whole point there was to introduce this idea as uh, this thing itself was Legion moving toward our product at the time, which was Premise. Yeah, which was an earlier version of the membership and landing page capabilities that are much That's right. more superior in Rainmaker because it's a hosted solution as opposed to a plugin. That's the problem with WordPress plugins. You have to make sacrifices for every configuration and install out there. Of course, when you host it yourself, you're able to control it and, and deliver a better experience such as with the new learning management system that we have. But I think some people see using online courses this way as lead generation or as content marketing as a new thing. You know, it's not really new, but it no. works. And it, uh, you know, we, we're still using it to this day. So that's a good indication of how powerful it is. Yeah. So we did that, the How to Profit from the Digital Revolution course in 2012. But uh, you did this an entire decade earlier in uh, more traditional business. The same same concept, though. What 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 happened there? Tell us that story. Yeah. So I think sometimes people look at things we do and they're like, "Yeah, well, that's fine for selling software or whatever." And I'm like, "No, man. I mean, I was doing this in 2002 when I started a real estate brokerage, and I've often talked about how." what I had learned effectively in the four years of failure and, and then discovering what I was actually doing, which we now call content marketing, that when I looked around and I said, okay, I want to do this, but I don't want to do it in, in the field of law. And I looked at real estate and I saw what was happening with the MLS coming online. And I looked at the way realtors were marketing and I'm like, oh, this isn't even fair. I mean, and you know, they didn't know how to use landing pages. They weren't using email at all. But I kind of took it up to the to the next level based on what I knew about content and built, you know, this site that was effectively, it was like the wine library of real estate. It mm. was designed to educate people to the point of comfort to where they decided my company was the best one to call. But I would use... I would try to segment my people, you know, we stuff we talk about uh, people should be doing now as a best practice I was doing back then. But, you know, you basically had first time home buyers and relocation people. Those were my two big segments. And I created courses that were dripped out 
by simple autoresponders at the time. We, I certainly didn't have the technology we have now, but <laughs> effectively it was the same thing. And when you look at 2002 and how much value I was delivering compared to the Remax agent with the glamour shot, you know, I mean, it was, it wasn't fair, but that's how I was able to build, you know, I got advice from people when I told them I was getting my license and going to start a company and they're like, it's going to take you four years and you're going to starve and you know, this and that. And I'm like, no, I think it's going to take 30 days. And that's what it took. <laughs> wow. But so, and, and I had, okay. So the, the relocation course dripped out over a year because my research showed that uh, someone starts doing uh, online research for homes before a relocation up to a year in advance. So I knew that was my sales cycle with first time home buyers. It was quicker. Like they would usually decide to work with me and, and my company within 30 days. Right. So you, you have to understand who you're talking to, but so that I, was, that was what I was using. It's effectively the same technique we advocate today. And yet you don't see that many people doing it. So real quick, as in, in the premise course, in the Profiting from the Digital Revolution course, we, you and I did three intensive kind of webinars on selling digital products online. What's an example for the first-time buyer? Do you remember what you did in terms of uh, offering them in that, for, for lead gen in that, in that package? Well, yeah, it was, you know, educating them that the, the most prevalent initial question is, can I get a loan? How does that happen? What kind of loan should I get? Then I touched on issues about negotiation, inspections, all of this stuff that's kind of scary to someone who's never yeah, done right. it before. And right. frankly, no matter how many homes you buy, it's a big pain. So yep. yeah, it was, it was basically just getting people to feel more comfortable with the process, but also being the person who delivered that information. You know, I mean, we've been talking about the authority that creates. And yet it was so funny how resistant people were to just sharing basic information, especially in a licensed industry. Started in 2012. We jumped back to 2002. Now let's jump ahead one more time to 2014 and the new Rainmaker free course. Yeah. So you've, you've commented almost shaking your head several times that you thought I was insane yep. to launch effectively the future of the company with essentially a podcast that morphed into an online course. And a brand new podcast, no less. It, yeah, but it worked. Yep. And that was, we wrapped up, you know, the first uh, seven episodes, and then you ended up doing a couple of webinars on top of it that became the entire free course yep. uh, that led everyone eventually to the, uh, the Rainmaker platform. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the next question that's going to come up, obviously, you know, we've got a lot of content creators out in the audience. So they're like, okay, I know how to do this. Other people are like, I'm, I'm not necessarily a content creator or what do I use? What's the proper yep. uh, educational materials? It, you know, it, it's the thing that people are looking for before they decide to buy, to put it at its most simple terms. But, you know, uh, when we switched away from the internet marketing for smart people newsletter, you know, opt-in concept. And in 2013 switched to my copy blogger. That was a huge job, but we didn't create anything new. You know, all the eBooks were, was updated and re 
repurposed, reformatted, I guess is the best way to say, content that I built the blog right. with, right? right. Exactly. And we transformed it into ebooks, made sure everything was updated and nice and beautiful. And then, but still, there was that 20 part course. So you, you get the enticement of all this great library of content, right? But it's the course that kept them subscribed and engaged on the list. And I think if we did my copy blogger over, and I, I think we probably are going to soon. What? what? Well, you, you're on the <laughs> Rainmaker side now. If Pamela's listening, she's probably freaking oh, out. But Pamela, actually, you know Pamela. She's like, yeah, I'm oh, on. Yeah. yeah, no problem for Pamela. <laughs> but I think we could structure that more in line with what we've seen work, especially with the new Rainmaker course and all that. But the, the point being, if you've been creating content for a while, you've probably created the foundation, the cornerstone, you know, what we've been preaching for years, if you're not creating cornerstone content, which is the content people need in order to do business with you, then I guess you need to start. But I I think a lot of people out there could just look at their archives and say, oh, yeah, I could totally put this into a free paywall situation, drip it out using, you know, basic technology that we offer in Rainmaker and they'd have an excellent lead generation thing. I mean, my copy blogger, I, tell, I say this over and over, and it always blows people's mind. But a 400% increase in opt-ins, I don't care you know, how much traffic you have. That is something you want when you can convert more of your site traffic into enduring audience by email. So that's the repurposing content in order to build a course side of things. But if you don't have that big archive going back and you don't have a lot of great stuff, you know, there's the idea of, okay, you've got to create some new content uh, to build this course or these courses that you're thinking of. And uh, you're going to talk about specifically the podcast method. But I also think go back to lynda.com, that example, either bringing people in um, experts in to talk about things or even just simple, a series of simple interviews with the heavy hitters, you know, in your industry answering these questions. Yeah. And I think that's probably, you know, the approach I'll probably take for something like further, you know, do expert interviews and offer that as the course content with, you know, gluing it together. Um, right. it's, it's effectively an act of curation. We've talked about podcasting is curation as long as it's in the interview format. But with New Rainmaker, we started it as a podcast very deliberately, very strategically. I knew what I wanted to say. And we did an episode a week where I, for the first time ever, scripted out what I was going to say and tried my damnedest not to sound like I was reading. (laughs) That was hard. It's hard hard to do. (laughs) Takes work. But uh, anyway, but yeah, so we put it out there as a podcast. We grew an audience from the podcast, and then we just reformatted it into a course. Now, the enticement to get people who'd already heard some of the, you know, so everyone kind of freaks out and they're like, well, why? I can't take something I've already given people and put it, yeah, right. you know, That's into this other format. And I'm like, man, you got to understand, you wish everyone listened to every word you say, but it yep. doesn't happen. It That's just right. doesn't. So you're actually packaging something up into a more user-friendly format. You know, you're dripping it out. People are, uh, they understand what they're in for. They have their expectations. You deliver consistently. 
And basically all I did was take those seven episodes, uh, we transcribed them, we cleaned everything up beautifully, and then I added the, the three webinars, but that was also the launch mechanism for the Rainmaker platform. Now that course continues to work for us, uh, not only in, I think probably the best job we've done of, of explaining effective content marketing, the whole media not marketing thing. And it continues to just work and result in people taking uh, the free trial for Rainmaker platform and, and, and buying. So it's an amazing thing. And yet, so we had to create that content new, but we created it and freely distributed it first to get it working for you in that context. Then you put it to work for you long term. Now, of course, you can just sit down from scratch and create a course like this. I'm just trying to say you've probably got some existing stuff out there that you may be able to work for. And, and, and look at, you know, what I'm doing with further, you know, I'm effectively creating an audience by reading books and explaining them, <laughs> you know, um, as I educate you. myself. Right. So again, it seems to me that anyone should be able to do a similar thing there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You need source material. You need to acknowledge it. Do not claim something as your own if it's not yours. It doesn't matter. Robert, remember the early days of Copy Blogger? I never said I was Joe Copywriter. I said, here's what Bob Bly says, and here's what Clayton yep. Makepeace says, and here's David Ogilvy, the man, right? It was always pointing to my mentors in an educational sense. But who got all the benefit of that? Me, yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, so you don't have to. And that really ticks me off because we see people doing that, even with our stuff, claiming it as their own. And we don't say anything because, you know, whatever. But it's, it's kind of pathetic and people know better. And someone might call you out just because we don't doesn't yeah. mean someone else might not. Yeah, if you want to take a look exactly uh, at exactly what we did for this new Rainmaker course, uh, it's easy to do. Uh, we're, we're talking about signing up for uh, the course itself and, and just seeing uh, precisely step by step. Well, yeah, how the we interesting it thing is it's uh, very educational, but it's also a demonstration. That's right. Exactly how we did it. It's not the only way you can do it, but it's a good way. It works, yeah. you know. So, yeah, and again, to remember back to the real estate example. This can work. In any business model in which you need to attract people and incubate them or nurture them, whatever the language may be in your lead generation world, until they're ready to buy, this is the way for them to grow in their confidence in order to do the transaction, but more importantly, grow their confidence in you. That's yep. the key. That's why people buy from certain people over other people. If you want to check that out, head to rainmaker.fm and you No, see. no, no, you forgot. freecourse.fm. Oh yeah, that's right. I just yeah. wrote you this last week. We scored the the sweet URL so you don't have to say <laughs> I don't even want to talk about what the old URL is. It's yeah, right, right. It's all over the map. Um and this is this is actually something 
to think about too. So yeah, I wrote Brian last week. I said, Hey, can we grab, I don't know what, what it was, Rainmaker yeah, course some or something. Long yeah. thing. And I'm like, man, dot FM is wide open. I shouldn't say that. Cause uh, yeah, I'll I, cut I this those. out. <laughs> <laughs> so go to freecourse.fm and you can sign up to free registration. You can see the big green button there and take the course, learn from it. And learn from how we did it and, and look at what we laid out, how we laid everything out and, and how it works. Uh, that's freecourse.fm. Don't go grab any more FM uh, TLDs. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. They may want some, although I think we own like 20 now. Yeah, that, that list is growing. But also keep in mind, if you are interested in courses as an actual business that you charge money for, uh, we'll be talking about that in quite a few future shows. Yep. All right, Brian, anything else before we uh, sign off on this one? No, I think that's what we needed to talk about for today. But uh, I'm excited about what we've got coming up. There's just there's so much exciting stuff happening right now. Kind of, I, I think, a lot in the world of social media, in the world of, of paid content, in the world of content marketing. Doesn't it feel like a lot of the silliness is going by the, the side, you know? I mean, we've seen some silly stuff over the last five years of people building on Facebook and getting screwed and, you know, just this and that and, and just making silly mistakes. And we're sitting here going, no, man. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like a lot of it is shaking out and people are getting serious. And I'm so happy about that. All right. All right, man. Thanks, Brian. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Take care.